at podcast movement, I had a phone call with my wife and I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I mean, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what clothes to wear. I don't know how to interact. Like I'm used to technical conferences and from, from what I've seen just in the pre-event, the diversity is, is awesome. I love the diversity and it's the right place and it's incredible, but it's also very, very intimidating. You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed. The show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Chad Bostick was a shy, introverted programmer who, at a very young age, discovered he loved talking to computers way more than talking to people. But as an adult, he realised that avoiding social interactions was not going to help him live a happy, fulfilled life. How did he overcome his shyness and build up his self-confidence to eventually meet the woman of his dreams, get promoted at work, and start a a seven-day-a-week interview-based podcast? Find out in this episode of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Hi there, Rockstar. My name is Christina Cantors, and I am the host of this show, and this is episode 70. I'm so excited to be introducing you to Chad Bostick. If you listen to episode 69, you may have heard him share his story about on how role-playing on Dungeons & Dragons helped him to build his confidence as a podcaster. It's a great story. Go to thecmethod.com slash podcasters for that episode. Now, after Chad told me that story, I asked him immediately if he would be a guest on my show because he is an amazing example of someone who has learned to communicate better. If you're a techie person and you're thinking, I'm just shy, that's just the way I am, I'm an introvert, you need to listen to this episode. You can also listen to Chad's podcast called Hello Tech Pros at hellotechpros.com. I found Chad's story very, very inspiring, and it taught me a lot about how introverted people think. So even if you're not an introvert, listen to this. It'll help you to hopefully communicate better with introverted people. And you can find the show notes for this episode, as well as how to connect with Chad at thecmethod.com slash Chad. Also, if you find yourself struggling with having conversations, be sure to join my free Small Talk Made Simple class. It's a free email class. You receive one lesson a day for 10 days, and each lesson contains a simple, easy-to-implement challenge that will help you to be more confident and effective when approaching people, having conversations, and talking about yourself without sounding like an arrogant douche. So go to thecmethod.com and sign up. Okay, are you ready to meet Chad? Let's go. When I was 10 years old, I got a home computer, and it was called a TI-994A. And um, on that computer, there were no hard drives, there were no disk drives, there were no any kind of drives. There was a little cartridge, but I didn't have any cartridges to plug in. And so when you turned it on, it didn't do anything but say the number 10 and then a blinking cursor, and that was it. it. It literally did nothing. And, um, but with the computer came a stack of, uh, it's called home computing or personal computing, something like that magazine. And in the back of every episode of the magazine were these type in programs that would basically teach you how to write software. And I started doing that at the age of 10 and over, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, 15 years old, I got really, really good at software development. Um, just kind of on my own, just tinkering around with my home computer and, um, you know, 
in that same period of my life, I realized that talking to computers for me was very, very natural. It was very easy. It was very logical. If this, then that, you know, um, I input this, output that. And it was very uh, prescriptive, right? I knew that if it didn't do what I wanted to, I could always kind of think about what I'm doing, what's the outcome that I want to achieve, and then change the code, and then everything would be perfect. But dealing with people was exact opposite. Like I never, I <laughs> it's never not very learned. predictable, is it? <laughs> no, it's not very predictive. And it was very uncomfortable for me because I felt like even as a kid, as, as 10, 12 years old, that I could not relate to other people. Like the things that I thought in my head, these fantasy worlds that I had going on, people didn't have um, the, you know, the family dynamics were, you know, everybody's got their own weird families and stuff like that. But just you know, I, I just felt different and out of place and and everybody feels that way. But I felt um, bad about that, bad about myself, like there was something wrong with me. Was there a specific moment when you had this realization? Mm. I don't I don't think so. I mean, there was around 12 or 13 when I moved uh, from East Texas in a little bitty, small, tiny little community of about 5,000 people in the whole town. Um, and I didn't even live in the town. I love we, way, way out in the country <laughs> and I mm. had to be bust in about 45 minutes to get to the town, to get to the big city of 5,000 people. Right. And then we moved to Oklahoma city, which is still, you know, compared to Miami, New York, Los Angeles, it's still a small area. Um, but for me, it was a huge city and I graduated with a thousand people in my graduating class. And, and that was just, completely overwhelming. And so, you know, to go from a country boy out in the woods that literally had like, you know, five or 10 people in the class that I could talk to, to now being surrounded by thousands of kids all day, every day was overwhelming giving, given my personality. And then I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was doing myself a disservice by not trying to fit in, not trying to, you know, socialize. I just kind of was completely overwhelmed uh, during that time, you know, in sixth or seventh grade and just, you know, became the kid who sat in the corner of the room at the back of the room and just started observing people. Mm. And I continued that habit from around 12 years old till, gosh, 30 something years old, you know, where <laughs> I've always been the guy who just kind of sat in the corner of the room, no matter how much the party's raging and just watch the party happening around me, regardless of if that's a, a technology conference where I'm very comfortable with the subject matter, or if that's a family reunion, I used to go to family reunions and see aunts and cousins and, and uncles and uh, grandparents that I haven't seen in a year and stand in the corner and watch everybody else hug and kiss and, and chat and tell stories because I was so uncomfortable with talking to them because I didn't know them. <laughs> okay. That that sounds ridiculous, right? But it's it's the way I was, and I don't know why, but that's the way I've always been. Mm. And what was the mate? What were the things running through your head? Like apart from you know, I don't know them. Mm -hmm. What was the thought or thoughts running through your head that really held you back from going up and and speaking to new people? Um. You know, there's there's this fear that they're going to judge you, that uh, that people are going to not understand you. Um, I was 
I was very self-conscious about any little thing, right? Just like the way my shirt was tucked in or not tucked in, the way my hair was kind of, I had a few little hairs standing up and just like, oh, people are going to think I'm a dork. I'm a loser. I'm, you know, and then when I start talking, I would stutter or stammer or have, you know, this nervous quality about my voice that would come out. I would hear it and it would come out not the way it sounds in my head, but it sound it sounded different when I would say it. And then I would get extremely self-conscious about that. And I just thought everybody else was judging me and, and thinking I was some kind of loser or whatever. There was that. And there's also, um, I don't know how to describe it, but, but I have this tendency to overanalyze everything. And if you've ever seen the matrix, I think it was the matrix number three, where Neo is talking to the, uh, the architect and he's looking at all the different televisions where <laughs> there, there is a, uh, a scene of him and the same person having this conversation because they've had it a hundred times throughout history. And, but it's all different variations, right? He's getting angry. He's getting sad. He's getting, you know, whatever that happens in my head. <laughs> this sounds weird, but that happens in my head all the time. And and when I'm sitting here having a conversation, um, it's not so much anymore, but especially when I was younger, I would, pretend conversations like you and I would be having this conversation when I was 10 or 15 and I would be thinking, trying to think like chess, like five or six steps ahead of, okay, I'm going to say this and then she's going to say that. And then I'm going to respond with this and then she's going to respond to that. But then, you know, as a software geek, I know that there's probably multiple variations of what could happen. <laughs> so I could say this or this or that, and I could use this inflection or that inflection. And so all these thoughts are going on. And instead of my voice, my language coming out naturally and flowing and just kind of in the moment, it would come out very hesitant. It would come out choppy. And I would um, say that you, you know, a very, very choppy language. And I don't know, it was just very awkward. And so I was very self-conscious about that, but I, d I didn't really understand that I could fix it. I could change it. Um, I could do things differently or that dude, just freaking relax. Like nobody mm. cares. It's, mm. it's all good. It doesn't matter. You know, if you stutter or stammer or, or have weird, uh, voice or inflections, or if you think weird thoughts, or if you watch dorky movies that nobody else likes, you know, who cares? Big deal. Absolutely. But the thing is, it is, inherent in your personality type though as a very analytical person who mm -hmm. loves computers who loves being able to predict an end result or know that you're going to get this end result if you do xyz and i can totally see how that you could then you would try and apply that to conversations and and social interactions which are way on the other side like there's no way you can predict what someone else is going <laughs> to say so I, I i totally get that that like that's your personality type to to analyze things and that is a strength in itself but it's not a strength when you're speaking to people and likewise i i did a coding class when i was in architecture school we were cool. doing we were doing parametric modeling of mm -hmm. building facades and you'd have to put the code in write the code and then generate it and then see what pattern or what what the building facade would look like and how it would respond to light and all of that. It was the worst subject <laughs> I'd ever done and the most frustrating, painful thing I ever had to do when I was in architecture school because I found that with coding, if you have one little letter or, an, or a, a comma or a dash in the wrong place, it completely messes up your code and like nothing works. 
It doesn't mm-hmm. half work. It just fails. And for yep. me, I could not understand. I was like, but it's almost right. Like it's, it's, it's almost right. Like why doesn't it work? <laughs> and it frustrated the crap out of me. And, and I've since learned that I am not a details person. I'm not, I, I, I'm happy not knowing what the end result is. I'm happy to give it a go and see what happens, which is the <laughs> complete opposite of, of most technical people like yourself who are like, no, no, I'd much rather be able to know what result uh, I'm getting. So, um, Chad, I wanted to ask you, at what point did you realize that you could actually learn and improve and relax and become less awkward in social situations? Well, it was, it wasn't that I could, it was that I had to. Right. Like when I got to the point where I, I was about 26 years old, 27 years old, I think I was about 26. And I was extremely depressed because I, I literally had no people in my life. Like I had my computers. Um, I had been working, at a dot com company and that was right at the end of the 99 the bubble you know 99 2000 2001 the bubble had crashed and uh, the company was going downhill and I said you know what I can do this I, this the first time I was like super super confident was also the kind of the downfall of of uh, everything around me because I was super confident and I walked out of the building I said you know what I quit they're like oh no you need to like stick around for severance I'm like no nah, I'm I'm done Peace out, dude. I can do this. I can, you know, all the code that I've written, you guys have exploited me. I can make a lot more money and be a lot more successful if I just do it on my own. And I was very proud of that confidence I had in myself to step up and do that. But then I didn't put myself in a situation where I had other people around. I went to my home and I went to my home office and I literally just sat there on the computer or on the internet all day, every day for months on end and never had any, literally any interaction with people. I had a roommate, but he had like an alternate work schedule. He would, he would sleep all day and and work all night. And, uh, and then just being the type of person I was, I didn't have friends around, didn't have uh, people around. I wasn't dating. It was difficult. It was Mm. very, very difficult. And it came to the point where I can't remember where I was going or what I was doing, but I was, I was in my car at night driving down the old country roads, uh, going back to my house. And I was just, I had to pull over because I was just so broken down. And I thought, man, I got to make a change. Like something has to give. I have to get, I have to get more extroverts in my life. I have to get more people in my life because this is just, it's lonely and it's, it's pitiful. And I'm feeling sorry for myself and I can't live like this. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to do anything drastic and stupid, right? But I want to do something positive and make a change. And I don't know how, but I'm going to start. And, uh, I started <laughs> using technology to find girls. So I got on, uh, you know, uh, Yahoo and match.com and all the early, uh, dating sites back in the day and, and, uh, used technology as an excuse to, uh, create introductions with people. Kind of like I use, uh, Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, LinkedIn today to, to create introductions with people to be on my podcast. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And then once I started interacting with people and kind of like got over some of the insecurities, um, then I found, you know, I, I could, I could manage, I could cope. I could talk to like real life, normal people who, <laughs> who didn't care anything about software. And what, I could, what were those first few face to face interactions like? Well, it was, uh, 
it was <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. I'm going to sound like a complete, complete a hole here because it was awesome for me because the people that I met were just so weird in their own little ways that I was like, <laughs> whoa, you are nothing like your profile. Like you, you completely came off as something different or we would, you know, we would chat, um, you know, on messenger or something for a long time and then meet face to face and they're like, okay, this is, this is not how they portray, portray themselves or this is not how I pictured it or whatever. And then I, I realized that, you know what, everybody's got flaws. Everybody's got uh, insecurities. Everybody's got something that they're trying to hide or they're trying to correct or they're trying to ignore or something. And online we can be anybody who we want to be, but I don't want to be, you know, a, a superhero online and then a complete dweeb in real life. I want to like have a life and, and talk to people. And so I don't know, just that those first interactions made me realize that we're all human and we're all different and we're all quirky and uh, crazy in our own little way. And you know what? My way's okay. And it's not that bad. And then, um, there were so many horrible first dates, um, over a period of a long time. By the time I, I met my wife, um, through match.com, it was like, we both met each other. We're like, Hmm, you seem pretty cool. What's your thing? She's like, yeah, you seem pretty cool too. Like what's going on. <laughs> There's gotta be something like this. This conversation will end horribly. I know. Oh yeah. Why will it end horribly? What kind of horrible dates have you had? And then we started sharing, uh, horrible dates and horrible interactions. And, and that was kind of our first date. And then we've been together for 13 years now. So, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And all because you decided to make that change and jump online. And and if you had met her maybe on the, the very first date, maybe things wouldn't have worked out because you didn't have that experience or that confidence at the time. Yeah, I was I I acted completely different. You know, I had this kind of stupid uh, full of myself swagger bravado back then <laughs> at that point i was like Psh, i'm a stud man you know i'm i'm awesome and uh what, was this from the very first that your very first date with the very first person or was this no, no, over time over over time right i uh i don't know i i kind of switched and i went from i'm extremely uh introverted and shy and uh self-conscious to you know i'm I'm awesome. <laughs> so was that was that a decision that you made or was that from the experience of these first dates and seeing how weird everyone was and realizing that it was okay to be you? It was it was both. Okay. It was both and and I I it was it was a false sense of bravado, right? It was a kind of an overinflated sense of uh awesomeness on my part. Um and what I love about her is she continues to put me in my place, be like, uh, nobody, uh, you ain't all that. Listen, <laughs> this is, this is how the world works. And how did that affect your confidence in your professional life? So uh, my wife has been absolutely amazing, um, to kind of coach me and help me because she's more of an extrovert. She's more of a people person. Uh, and she definitely has a million times more social skills than I'll ever have. But, you know, we would have conversations of I'm frustrated at work. You know, this is happening. That's not happening. Nobody listens to me. And she's like, well, why not tell them this? Why not mention that? And I'm like, well, it sounds great when you say it, but when I say it, it comes out wrong. And so we would just kind of like role play at home and she would give me some scenarios and, you know, say this, say that, you know, the technology, you know, the stuff, you, you know, your business, you know, the, the, uh, the industry that you're working in. 
but you're just not comfortable with talking about your ideas and pitching yourself. Um, so just try to say this or that. And, and, and this was not a one-time thing. This was over, you know, a 10 year career and, uh, slowly things started changing. And, and I had a manager who tried to pull me into leadership, into a management position, uh, for two and a half years before I finally said yes. And, uh, and, and moved into a leadership position where it was just, you know, you're not dealing with technology at that point. You're dealing with people problems and, and communication and prioritization and all those kind of things constantly. And I fell in love with it. It was absolutely amazing. It was one of the best things I've ever done professionally because then it was not about the technology anymore. It was about the people. And I really, really love people. Like I care so much. Like I'm the servant leader who wants to help my employees like reach their highest potential, right? I'm, I'm the solution provider that really, really cares about, um, the business user who is having trouble with the old technology and needs a new user interface or new, needs something faster, or better, or more powerful or whatever to get their job done. And so I can help people solve their problems by using both kind of the, the technical background that I have, but also the, uh, the people skills that I'm learning or have learned mm. over the last 10 years to, um, get a team of other introverts or a team of other, you know, technology people together to solve those problems. That's amazing. So you don't do the, the technical work anymore. You're purely dealing with people. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, kind of tinker still at home every now and then when I have time. But uh, in the last five months, it's been really hard to have time when I'm doing a seven day a week podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. once, you know, Still. I was I was in this position where once I told my boss, okay, you know what, I have seen you coach and mentor like two or three other people from an entry level position or a senior level position up into management, and they're like rocking and rolling. These guys are rock stars. They're doing amazing things, and they have so much respect around the company. Like everybody wants to be on their team. Everybody wants to work with these guys. I want to be them. Can you teach me how to do that? He's like, absolutely, Chad. We can do that. And so I said, okay, I'm in. He said, great. So do you want to be? Um, well, I, I, I went and I, I started helping him and I started being management, but I still kept my feet in, in the technology side and I was still writing code and doing things. He's like, you know what? Um, you're going to need to let go of that stuff because I need you like full time in this leadership management position, which is like a full time gig. You can't be writing code and doing the technical things at the same time. I said, yeah, but my heart's not really there yet. I want to, I want to learn and I want to get there maybe over time, but really, I'm a technology person first and I want to stay here. And he's like, okay, well, sooner or later, you're going to make a decision. And and he was right. About six months later, I felt I was struggling with both positions because I didn't have enough time to get my, my technical work done during the day. So I was having to do that at night because I was in too many meetings and having too many discussions and, and doing so much strategic planning and so forth. So eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to give this stuff up and just dive in to the, to the people side, to the, uh, leadership side a hundred percent. And once I did, I never looked back and it, it was the best change for me personally ever because I realized that the, the, the people side of it is much, much more fulfilling to me. You know, like you said, like when we're, when you're struggling with those technical problems that you described when you were, when you were taking that uh, programming class, mm. like figuring that out 
there, there is a solution to that problem, right? And that would drive me crazy to, <laughs> to walk away from it and just say, I don't want to deal with it, right? There, there <laughs> is a right answer. Yeah. And it will work. And that, you know, to, to my type of personality, that's very engaging, right? That's, that's very comforting because I know that once I find that one right answer, then, then the world is put in place, the world is right, and I can move on to the next problem. Um, so it was really difficult to let go of the technology. But once I did, I found out that, you know what, people are even more interesting because there's not just one right problem. Like you said before, there's lots of different solutions and there's, there's not just the surface problems, but there's really the under underneath problems, right? What's really going on. And so when I'm looking at the productivity of my team is low right now, well, you know, some managers can come in, come in and say, okay, we need to work more hours. That's the, that's the solution. Mm, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I really need to talk to Michael and I need to talk to Jeff and I need to talk to Susan and see what's really going on. And you know what? Maybe Michael is really frustrated because something's going on at home and Jeff is having a, a bad time because he's having health problems. And, you know, Susan just lost her dog and is just, you know, you know completely miserable and, and can't get anything done. And meanwhile, uh, Christina is pissed off <laughs> because none of these three people will talk to her because they're all introverts and she doesn't know the status of her project. Right. And so if I can come in and I can understand and be empathetic to these people and try to figure out what's going on in their personal life, what's going on in the career life, what's going on at work and to help them, you know, kind of overcome some of those issues and, and focus on, um, whatever output we're, we're paid to get done. Then now I've just increased the productivity of the team by threefold, fourfold, fivefold. Um, and I haven't written a line of code and that's <laughs> freaking awesome. For someone who is in a technical position at work and they're thinking of perhaps moving over to that people leadership side of it, because from what I'm hearing from you is that there are incredible opportunities that exist for people who have tech backgrounds, but can also speak with people and manage them. Um, what's one thing that they can start doing that's going to help them in that transition or give them those sorts of opportunities? Stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about the technology and start really focusing on the people around you, regardless of if you're uh, if you're given a title, if you're given a position, if you're given authority to do something or not. But just start being aware of what's going on around you with the other people in the organization and start thinking about what can you do to help them solve their problems. And their problems may not necessarily be a technical problem. It, it may have something related to do with technology, but it may be a training opportunity. You might be able to coach and mentor someone. Uh, you might be able to just be a shoulder for someone to lean on when they're going through a tough time and say, you know what? I'm here for you. If you ever need to talk, like I can, I can at least listen. I don't know that I can do anything and I'm not going to try to solve your personal problems, but if you need to come in, you know, we go get a cup of coffee or, or go into an office and shut the door and just have somebody to talk to. Like be that person, be the person that's there for people when they're struggling. And then when you see two people that are struggling with each other, go talk to both of them, right? Be that um, inter intermediary, be that uh, diplomatic person that can solve relationship issues between people or at least bridge the gap in relationship, relationship issues between people. Once you do that, 
the promotions, the um, the titles, the whatever you're looking for in your career, those leadership those leadership positions will come a lot faster and a lot easier because you will start to be recognized as a person who can solve people problems, and that's what a leader is: is a person who can solve people issues. Love it. Chad Bostick, thank you so much for joining me on the show this week. Hey, give us, give us the real quick plug for your podcast. So my podcast is called Hello Tech Pros. Uh, so hello technology professionals, hello tech pros. You can find it at all the places where you can find, um, podcasts, um, as well as hellotechpros.com. And, uh, every day of the week, I publish a new episode. Monday is about motivation, Tuesday, productivity, Wednesday, leadership, Thursday, technology, Friday, people in communication, Saturday, entrepreneurship, and Sunday, being unplugged, which is work-life balance and, and everything that has nothing to do with the work. Because in my experience, this whole podcast, what it's all about is not the technology. It's really about the people behind the technology, the people who use technology, and the relationships that we can create with each other. And I would love to have you as part of my new relationships. So join me on the show. Big thanks to Chad Bostick of HelloTechPros.com for being so generous and open and being willing to share his story with us. It's not the easiest thing to do. Again, go to HelloTechPros.com to listen to his show. Now, if you keep an eye out for episodes 117 of Hello Tech Pros, he actually interviews me on the topic of being confident when you communicate. So check that out if you want to hear more of me, I guess. So now that you know that you can build your confidence as an introvert, all you need now is some guidance to get you started. And that's where my free Small Talk Made Simple class comes in. So to get started, go to thecmethod.com and sign up for this free 10-day class today. Alrighty, and that's all from me this week. I hope you found this episode interesting and useful. I'll see you next week for another episode. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. You talked about that um, with all the other podcasters that you interviewed at PM16, right? I listened to that show yesterday. It was just really cool hearing everybody's perspective, and I could definitely resonate with a lot of what they were saying, which is, first of all, just do it, right? You're going to suck at the beginning and realize that. And so once you do it, you're going to suck a little bit less tomorrow, and then over the course of whatever – a hundred episodes, you're going to not suck near as much as you did before, you know? And so part of this daily show is I have to practice talking to people and that practice of going through it daily or multiple times every day is helping me. And so, um, it really, the podcast is not about, you know, technology. It's about, it's really about connecting to people with technology as the common underlying factor in between. But really, if you go back kind of the history of it and do a little research, it's really, it's really the evolution of Chad. It's really about the changing as a person.